Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label. And today, we have an interview with a record label called Lobby Art Records, and I'm very excited for you to hear this conversation. We um, talk a lot about manufacturing and making great, valuable, tangible, exciting products. We talk about OB strips. Um, we, we get into a lot here. Uh, I'm very excited for you to hear it. Thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you for our new patrons who have just joined. And by the way, you can always become a patron by going to patreon.com slash other record labels and get all of our bonus episodes, including my extended interview with the folks from Lobby Art. You know, um, another thing I wanted to bring up that I think is really cool. We just came up with a new micro course. And so if you're not familiar with our online courses, you can learn about them on our website, otherrecordlabels.com. They're very helpful, they're very popular. And this new format that I launched back in October is single subject online courses. So they're basically tackling one subject at a time, something like music publishing. We have a great music publishing course that goes very in depth, really shouldn't be called a micro course. Um, we also talk tackle web design and social media and we just came up with a new one called Spotify Basics, which is this introductory course and kind of going over the 101 of streaming best practices and building a playlist strategy for your record label. Anyway, there are more micro courses in the pipeline and a lot more that are going to be released later this year. Very excited for people to engage with those. Go to otherrecordlabels.com slash courses to learn more. So great to talk to you guys. Thanks for doing this, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much for. Uh, I'm glad it worked out to connect. I know we've kind of emailed back and forth a little bit over the past year or so. So I'm glad it um, it's coming together. Yeah, absolutely. And it it was uh, really nice to to go through your um, your catalog and and you know it just I get the sense that like the label is a little bit different than the normal label, and so I always enjoy that because like there's just you know questions just kind of come up, come to me instantly by looking through things and I'm so excited to chat with you. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah, we're looking forward to it. Um let's roll. I I I got to um ask you cuz you know as I was going through this your band camp um and I'm and I'm listening to things I, I I find it, you know, personally I find it so hard to promote non-vocal music, instrumental music and mm. I I love ambient and instrumental stuff. And I know that's not all you do, but Speaking of instrumental music, like as a fan, I buy a lot of it and collect a mm. lot of it through labels I follow. Mm. But as a label or an artist releasing experimental, non-traditional stuff, I just find it really hard to communicate its value when when it's so subjective. Do, do you find that to be the case? Um, you know, I think uh, for us, um, we... You know, into to whatever success it uh, ends up playing out as, um, I think we're we do uh, think kind of deliberately about you know what sort of narrative could be pulled from you know um, a particular album, and, and uh. obviously with obviously with instrumental music, ambient drone, um, you know, other forms for, or formless music, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, you know, of course, you're not working from a Kind of a traditional narrative, a lyric-driven or storytelling narrative in that sense, but um, it, in some ways, I appreciate the the quality of it being 
uh, a bit open for interpretation and seeing how it sits with different people is, is a pretty exciting um, process for us, um, you know, because um, I think people have their own ways of, you know, for some, I think listening to an ambient record, for instance, is a very intimate and yes. solitary, solitary experience. It's, you know, home on a rainy day kind of music or yes. it's, you know, stu- or studying, you know, while they're reading or something. And for other folks, it's a communal activity. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a way to gather around and um, kind of experience a particular, you know, depth of listening that one wouldn't perhaps in a um, kind of a, in something that contains lyrics. Um, so I think if we, for how, you know, again, I, I don't know, what success that we've been able sure. to do it, yeah. but I think so, that so, um, if we can articulate that it's open for you know people to experience, then we're doing our job. I I really like that answer. I mean, I, I think that's interesting that um, you know talking about pulling uh, some something else out of that. And so, are you talking about necessarily maybe a, a story of the album or a story of the artist? Or is that through the packaging or the visuals or something? How, how do you how do you mean? Yeah, I mean, I think it's even so. I think what's neat about it is, is in terms of storytelling, it's not necessarily like, oh, this is the breakup album, you yeah. know, and it explores yeah. this, uh, or you know. But thematically, I think you know um, the different sorts of you know. I'm thinking about the recent ones we've done, the Old Saw record or the Dylan M Howe record. Um, both have particular environments uh, that I feel that they induce, and um, I think through crap, you know, it obviously starts with, you know, us getting some wave files and then it's uh, building out, you know, what it will look like, you know, how it will exist in the world from there. And for us, that's, you know, thinking through the, um, you know, the design, the packaging sure. and the, you know, the, the kind of writing that we do around the album to kind of make a little home for it of sorts. Are you guys involved in that process uh, like most of the time with your artists? Like you talk about, and I, and I have a lot of questions about the packaging and design uh, later on, but I, I'm, I'm curious about, you said you get WAV files. Um, how often, uh, you know, out of, of say 10 records, are you actively involved in helping the artist design the album cover and, and the whole uh, package? Yeah, that's um, it's a good question because I I think um, you know we we both really love labels that have a really distinct uh, aesthetic feel for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and whether that's like a uni- uniformity um, across releases or if it's just you know I think of like I know we had listened to your podcast with Geographic North and mm. they, mm-hmm. I love just hearing about their you know how they conceptualize their releases. But then, like a Revenge International has, you know, they don't have like a uniformity necessarily, but there's a particular feeling that comes from it. So um, we're never trying to impose, you know, uh, a, a really strict um, aesthetic code onto any release. Every release, you know, if, if someone's coming to us, we, we really put it to the artist first okay. in terms of okay. what sort of ideas, images come to mind. And then, but we also emphasize. And then we also kind of like, yeah, workshop it together right. and mm. yeah, come up with some sort of like 
aesthetic, cohesive vision about it. And yeah, I feel like it's one of the most uh, fun parts of the process, mm. like the artwork and and all of this. So yeah, and so far we've we've done that with every single release. It has been like a collaboration oh, with that's the artists awesome. That's awesome. and mm-hmm. us. Yeah. I've, I think it's very important. I feel like in this genre, more than other genres, the this music is art, um, and it really ties together with. Uh, and maybe I'm I'm just being biased, and I'm just projecting my own feelings about this type of uh, these type of sounds. But I, I feel like the music is art, and not to dismiss rock or rap or pop, but uh, maybe just because it's often abstract, that it reminds me more of visual art. And so I, I I love that marriage of the packaging and the visual art with with this. Yeah, absolutely. We feel that um, in a way the artwork is the the first way that you kind of like interact. Yes, uh, <laughs> with the true. object and mm-hmm. and and with the music. So I think it's a very very good first impression, and it kind of like leads to however you will end up uh, absorbing the content. Do you have a genre per se? I mean, you talked a little bit about how you do not impose a certain, um, uh, you know, uh, design style or, or or a template, which I which I you know I'm on the fence. I, I love when labels do that. And, um, but uh, do do you have a, a genre? Like as I was listening through things, uh, some of it uh, sounded the same, and then some things kind of struck me as a, a little bit. Um, a little bit different. So, uh, how do you kind of uh, f- find a commonality between the artists musically? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know, over the cor- over the tenure of the label, um, you know, and 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 we've been kind of doing, you know, we're a, a slow operation. You know, we're, mm. we're not putting out, you know, um, you know, handfuls of releases um, every year. But um, I think. I think the through line for a lot of the material um, that we've put out is, is is first and foremost the relationship that we kind of we end up um, forming or or deepening um, with the artists, and and that all kind of underscores what we feel as the kind of um, kind of thematic consistency of sorts. You know, mm-hmm. like the way we are relating to uh, our friends and artists who are um, you know we're working with. And then I think that the, um, you know, because you'll look back on some of the releases and it, yeah, it kind of genre hops a bit. There's kind of, you know, kind of left field synth pop stuff. There's, you know, some songwriter stuff that maybe trends a little more folk oriented. There's um, kind of real like dark ambient things. And, um, but I th- think if I could kind of identify, you know the um, the quality that's there is that it's there's a to me a very homespun feeling to everything that's okay. being done. Um, nothing feels particularly overproduced, um, and I guess that's kind of a, a guiding ethos. Is you know, and I, I, hopefully it comes across also in the you know the the artwork and, and packaging in terms of just um, hopefully you know cultivating a, a warmth. Um, from the artist um, through the release, so um, you know, and so you know, like it's. I, I think you can even look at the last two from Old Saw and Ben Varian. I mean, those are 
you know, pretty distinctly different sounds. Mm. Um, but there's a real like generous spirit in both of those albums to me. And I can sure. listen to them back to back in a, in a way that's, you know, um, well, I don't well know. what I've always noticed about record labels is that you're, you guys are the curators and for you, it makes sense to have experimental pop next to ambient drone, uh, you know, or just traditional songwriting and you as music fans enjoy those those together. And so it totally makes sense that there will be fans who have no problem listening to folk music next to, you know, uh, experimental music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, I think about our own music tastes, our, our, our record collections or mm-hmm. our, the music. I mean, both, um, I mean, both him and I are, um, you know, musicians and artists in our own right. And I think we're always thinking about, you know, how we are integrating different, um, you know, processes or, or comps and, and sounds that get us into new territory. So I think it would be hard for us to kind of, you know, take out a camp in one particular, you know, right. one particular area. It would, it would kind of leave us feeling a little bit, feeling like stale right. creatively. Right. Um, right. And um, so that kind of leads us to, yeah, and like, you know, for whoever kind of finds a connection with the music that we put out, hopefully it's, you know, yeah, it may, it may be that someone likes one record and not the others. I mean, yeah, yeah. but, you know, for for those who are, um, you know, hopefully there's something there for you, a wide a wide audience. You talked a little bit about this kind of, you know, handmade feel, this home homespun idea. How do you establish a brand in your mind? What kind of things do you want to be known for as a label? Yeah, um, I guess I, I, I like. Um, I, I, I guess I come back to you know this uh, this kind of um, idea of warmth and generosity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not. Um, I, I've spent a few years working in different facets of the music industry, and uh, and then working with a few different labels. Um, and I, I guess I mean I've initially kind of picked up a lot of knowledge or inspiration about how to run a label from this label that I worked with while I was in college in Portland, Oregon, uh, called Home Tapes Records. Okay. Sadly, I think they're kind of stopped put out material, but um, it was run by, uh, run out of their house, uh, husband and wife. And, um, you know, they ended up having some pretty big success with some artists, but um, they're... Um, you know, it started really with, you know, very, you know, homemade kind of aesthetics and principles and, you know, from a kind of a DIY hardcore scene. Um, and then, um, but they, the the care that they put into every facet of the release, um, you know, it, 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 so it made it, you know, I couldn't really imagine just like uploading songs and a random JPEG onto Bandcap and saying, "Here's our next release." You know, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it takes. I think so. Hopefully, what comes across in terms of a brand or an aesthetic is that like every corner of the release is being considered. So, the, oh sure, the, yeah. You know, and um, and and hopefully it's you know, hopefully it's both. And and I guess it, it's a delicate line between like 
making sure that, you know, our imprint is kind of, our thumbprint is on this, you know, yep. the release, yep. but yep. also that the artist is being, you know, lifted up and being seen like, this is their work and we're kind of, you know, hopefully coloring the edges a bit. Can you tell me about the origins of the label? How did this all begin? Yeah, um, so it started um, uh, in, let's see, I guess... 20, 2015? 2015 oh, or so, yeah. We were living in Portland, Oregon, and um, I, you know, I'd been making... I'd been involved in the music scene there for some time and um, different bands and, and started to put out my own material and... You know, I, I think as a lot of labels kind of start, it's, you know, it's someone who's sick of sending demo submission emails. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, so I was like, hey, I should, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I know I have a little bit of know-how from the labels that I, I interned and worked with. And and then it was also, I think the real inspiration came from trying to, it was a collaborative effort seeing that men and I um, uh, started to kind of work together on the album's that's great. Yeah, so we wanted to, um, I wanted to have kind of like a, some sort of like art studio where I can create my pieces, but at the same time, I was very interested in music. And so it was also a way of trying to connect and have a project together. And yeah, it, it turned out really, what? really good just because we are both so, we love music so much and we both love art so much. So How? it ended up being like a nice, what was the plan? What was the strategy of, of marrying visual art with, with the music? How did you plan to do that? Well, the first, you know, so the first releases were, you know, my music and Jimena made the artwork for the albums and it started. And then like, I, you know, I was, I was just like, whoa, this is like, I was seeing, we we're starting to see like some sort of connective tissue between the music and the, and the visuals. And then also for me, it was a fun process to see someone who was seeing this other, you know, for me, I, I felt I didn't have much of a, you know, a, of a know-how when it came to visual art and to see someone's brain work in a way that was like, oh, I'm seeing this to represent, you know, um, I see this reflected in the music. Yeah, and um, yeah. that sort of was a... Right, a and for me, it was the same thing kind of like on the opposite side it was like oh i see this like i'm i'm not a musician but right. i would you know come up with like ideas or concepts or images and that's how i would look at it and yeah i think that it's that's really good to have that type of um yeah to have that type of partnership i think that's that's huge yeah and and then you know obviously at us and then i think um, as we started to recognize, um, you know, the kind of work, you know, work patterns that we had and that we could start to envision like, hey, what if this, you know, we branched this out and, and started to incorporate the work of others and what would it be like for us to, um, you know, start to cultivate a bit of a visual identity with other music, you know, that that I'm not generating. Um, and And then that, was and then you know we had um, right been in you know arts and music communities in Portland for some time at that point and um, I you know friends who material that we thought was really special but not necessarily getting 
released or getting sure. much you know notice in in the town we we're like well hey what if we did a you know did a release for this and um so it really started from that small little bud and um again it, it's, it tends to operate in the same way that it did back then it's just um you know hopefully we're a little bit you know we have a little bit of a tighter idea of what we're doing Looking at one of your releases, Old Saw, um, which uh, has such a beautiful packaging, and I love I love the Obi strip. I'm a huge fan of Obi strips. I've never done one myself, but I love the the look that you have of these. But it looks like it, it did really well. You sold out of of the the vinyl uh, according to Bandcamp, and it has rows and rows of supporters on on Bandcamp. What's the key to the success there? Yeah, it, was, it, it, it took us a bit by surprise. Yeah. Um, you know, it, this was um, so prior to this release, our only vinyl, vinyl releases we had done were these kind of really limited 50 edi- editions of 50, you know, where we were hand stamping, you know, records and, and hand assembling the, the jackets and so forth. So for this was, you know, our us kind of um, branching, you know, saying, okay, hey, we think this could kind of maybe yeah. be a success, but not really knowing. Um, Henry uh, Birdsey, who's the kind of main composer in the group, um, is part of this other really terrific group called Tongue Depressor, this duo uh, out of New Haven and New Haven, Connecticut. And um, I know that, you know, they, um, they kind of definitely have, you know, their fans and um, there's a pretty big support for them in the Northeast, particularly. So it was, you know, it was a bit of a, um, Shot in the dark, but it was also, I think, you know, we approached it in a in a patient but dedicated, really diligent way of, you know, how we were again the same process of like how is it going to come, how is it going to look, and what what's the kind of narrative um, or you know kind of you know how are we crafting the the verbiage around it, and then um, hopefully you know with, with you know in terms of press and distribution, those are just, again, you know, we, we don't work with a press agency or anything. So it's just over the years we've, you know, maybe gotten, you got some write-ups here and there and just kind of, you know, always sending out an email never hurts. And um, yeah. so fortunately some of those come, came through and, but the success of the, of it selling out. So, I mean, it sold out, um, within a week of it being released, um, wow. Wow. which is just kind of, kind of wild and we were fortunate to kind of connect with a few um, great shops and distributors who wanted to carry it um, both abroad and in the states and um, hopefully that means you know I think I think the way it's worked so far is that you know every little relationship even if it's just an email with a a writer or or a shop is that for the next release? That's someone. That's that's per, someone we can connect. And yeah. Hopefully they yeah. they know who we are now. That's so. so true. Yeah, yeah. It builds up over time. Talk to me about the ma- the manufacturing process because I, I heard you say stamp, and I think I, I think I saw on Bandcamp that that these were the these records. Uh, part of it was handmade. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so right, we had the kind of initial run. Or, or we we had the 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 full manufacturing run of records, um, but we wanted to do kind of true to our you know the our form of having some a handmade component. We um, we offered uh, 
we had we had another ten test pressings made that we um, yeah that we started that that was it was funny there was kind of two album design phases one for the you know the manufacturing that took place in the at the plant and one for the uh, handmade edition um, where we were able to kind of go a little wild and you know work with different you know paint paint we painted on the oh, <laughs> on cool. the uh, on the covers and the inner sleeves and. Uh, Played around with color as well. Yeah. yeah, it was really it was really fun to kind of like have this uh, so, other side of the same product. Okay, so the pink version then was was act, was done at the pressing plant, like normal Correct. printed. Yes. Yes. I see. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then you and use the test pressings, ten of them. Ten of them to kind of like experiment and and that's and, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, use that as the opportunity to, as well, like. To um, you know, I think something that's also really um, tied up in and how we're thinking about um, you know what we're what we're doing and, and you know kind of the act of sharing music as a kind of uh, as a form of community building. Um, we wanted to kind of start to initiate some sort of practice of. Well, what would it look like for us to, um, you know, try and integrate that with the, within our releases? And so we were kind of coming up with this concept of a donation tier. So, you know, we used that as kind of we used the test press handmade test pressing edition as a campaign of sorts to, you know, generate. We were shipping those out before the release date. Oh, so cool. people, yeah. so, so okay. people who wanted to get it could get the record, you know, yeah. a month in yeah. advance. How how um, how much sooner? Like how 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 much earlier than the release date? Yeah, like uh, at least a month. Yeah, um, sure. Because you, know, you get them and, nowadays. You get them like four or five months, six months even before the album's done. Yeah, and so um, and so it was a way. Yeah, so for those who'd be interested. Very um, cool. And and we, you know, so the price was a bit higher, and you know. We made that so so there would be a donation um, that we kind of um, for each release, you know, we work with. with oh, a charitable donation, donation, not to the a charitable donation. I yeah, see, not yeah, just to, to the to, artist. Okay, so they're right, not just they're the at artist, a fixed so price then. Yeah, so the, so we put this up for so the retail for the regular record was eighteen bucks, and so for the donation tier, the test pressings, we put it at thirty eight dollars. So there's a so that's eighteen dollars for the record and. An additional twenty dollar donation that was uh, placed to the Pioneer Valley Worker Center, and then we also emphasize if you want to contribute more, all that ex- all the extra dollars past thirty eight dollars would go towards you know a donation as well. So, um, and then we also did um, a percentage of the retail sales that went that we donated. Um, to the same organization, so we uh, the whole release actually came out to us being able to donate five hundred bucks to the Pioneer Valley Worker Center. That's great. Um, which is um, yeah, just it, it, it makes us it, it makes the whole endeavor feel like it's um, a little bit less secluded in the music sphere of things and a little bit more of uh, hopefully um, connected with the communities we find ourselves in. Well, I want to. I want to just highlight this for a second, just in case our listeners are dozing off. But like, this is very. There's two very cool things that um, I'm hearing here, and I hate the fact that Bandcamp takes 
a cut of these donations. I, I think that that sucks. It's too bad we there isn't a way to kind of say, hey, listen, the majority of this money is going to charity, but whatever. But what I'm hearing here, I, I, I love so much is, is you doing something with the test pressings is something I'm a huge fan of. And so creating your own artwork because test pressings don't come with artwork, that is so cool. And then this idea of selling a higher priced record that has a donation component because the artist and the label still getting their normal share, but then the extra, I think that is so genius. And I mean, that can even be done with like taking 20 out of the normal pressing and maybe have them autographed or, or including an extra bonus or something, but saying, Hey, these are actually $10 more. And this goes to charity. That's so genius. I hope more people do that. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something that we're really, really excited about and want to continue doing. I, I love yeah. that. I love yeah. that. That is so cool. Um, so 150, I mean, the other thing that's um, making me very uh, amazed and and jealous is that you sold out of 160 copies in two weeks. That is insane. Yeah, so yeah. Great. Um, that, and, and then, you know, that was, um, so fortunately we were able to get some distribution, um, like I said, just through shops. And so the, the pressing was two and finished with like 280 copies. So we were able to get about a hundred and whatever it was, 120 of those distributed. Um, and then, you know, we were shipping out the, the other remainder. And so yeah, our, our, our house was overtaken for a few weeks there <laughs> yeah, of just, I you bet. know, of, of mailers and stuff. But yeah, again, like it was, it was a surprise. A pleasant one, no doubt. We were kind of wondering um, if you know, right? Whenever you're uh, in doing records, you wonder if you're going to end up with boxes of records for years. And <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, oh, totally for sure. Um, I want to ask you. And, oh, and by the way, this this old saw record is very, very good. It it, it reminds me. Of, we have an artist on our label, Mike Gregoni, who released is now on Taylor Dupree's record uh, label at 12k but it, it, I, I love that like Americana ambient you know ambient is always synthy but like for this to be kind of like acoustic-y and, and pedal steel and lap steel I, I thought that's really cool um you have this when we're talking about quantities and, and and selling out you have this finite amount of physical products on your store and and, and actually you know if you go to merch on your band camp and you look around, the majority of what you have is sold out. And I've, I've talked about this before on the show with other labels. On one hand, when a label's catalog sells out quickly, it's a sign that they're doing something right and have created this scarcity that we all kind of hope to have with, with our releases. At the same time, it can also be really disappointing for a music fan like me to go to your site and be out of luck. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. a part of this question is, uh, you know, and also does it limit your revenue potential if, if you had done more? Um, so how do you balance that uh, as opposed to having infinite inventory, um, uh, you know, but but still having this 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 limited edition um, that, that that is so great with art? Uh, talk to me about that thought process. Yeah, um, I don't know if there's a magic. Um, I mean, that's. Uh, I don't know if there's like a magic kind of um, solution to that because, right? In some ways, you're. I mean, 
maybe, you know, speaking from this very, you know, small operation here, maybe obviously bigger labels have that stuff dialed in. They know their audiences. They, they probably have some metrics about, you know, how many records they know they can sell of a particular artist. But there's a little bit of, you know, it's your, uh, you're dancing a bit with, you know, how many you think you can move. Um, and I, and I, I definitely have that same sensation going to a band camp of a label I love and seeing it's all sold out and just being like, <laughs> damn, you know, like if I had only been gotten there sooner. Um, yeah. So I, I think for us, um, you know, what we're um, thinking through in terms of scarcity and abundance is, is again, like to the best of our ability, striking that, you know, sweet spot where, um, you know, that it's it's going to be made available. Um, but, you know, for us, it, it is a financial, you know, there are financial considerations about, we've been asked a bunch about repressing this record. Yeah. Um, and um, so it's just like a, a consideration about like, you know, you know, with, in terms of having, you know, having a successful release and then investing that money into a repress or a new project. And what are your um, thoughts about that? And so I think for us, you know, things are fluid and can always change, but we are, I think, excited always about, you know, the next project. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also don't, you know, and, you know, and I, I say this also from, you know, experience, you know, on the side of making music is, you know, you always, you know, records that came out a year or two or three years ago that you still feel good about, you still want to have, you know, like people being able to find a, some sort of, um, you know, a, a copy of source or yeah. some way to engage with it. So we're currently thinking through different ideas, particularly with the Ulsaw release, um, to keep the lifespan of that record going without maybe necessarily having to press up another vinyl run. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that yeah. could be, you know, anything from, you know, we're get, we're, we're going to have some shirts coming out pretty soon um, for it that we're pretty excited about the design. Um, and and then different, yeah, I mean, I think it just kind of opens up a wealth of possibilities um, in terms of keeping the lifespan of an album going while also being able to set your sights towards the next project and and have the the funding to do so. Well, that's a that's a really good mindset and actually um and I can I, I agree with you. I mean, I think when you sell out in 2 weeks, I would be tempted to repress. So I, I can't say exactly what I would do, but I I I do love I this happened to me this past fall where I I I made a record and and I had it on tape originally and the vinyl was delayed and then so the tape kind of got all of this attention and then the vinyl arrived and then the vinyl got all this attention and then people were asking for CDs and so I made CDs and so it ended up stretching in the release kind of out for 3 months and it, and it, and and I totally love what you're talking about and it, and so now it's kind of like well let's do shirts and then that keeps the release alive so yeah I I love that cuz I I really think a lot about you know, drawing out and, and celebrating a record for longer than just that one day. Yeah, right. that's great to hear yeah. about the, the success of that album for you. I mean, I think that that is, um, I think for artists and label alike, um, you just really, I mean, you when you're, <laughs> I'm trying to create a, a good analogy because, you know, it's it, in some ways it's like, you know, um, uh, uh, having a child of sorts because you're like, and you're not just, 
you're not just there for the, you know, the infant stage. You're <laughs> hopefully there to see that, you know, to hopefully have that be, you know, some sort of timeless piece, you know, um, for both, you know, both you and the uh, the artist and the label. And um, so, and then to, yeah, and then to have continued interest in various formats. I mean, man, kudos, hats off to you for being able to get so much interest across formats. Well, I, I, I really can't take much credit because really it's just, it was this accidental, had I been planning, I would have had all the formats ready on release day. But now looking back, I almost feel like, you know, moving forward on future releases, I would I would almost intentionally stagger formats. I don't know if that would piss people off. I, I'm not sure, but I, <laughs> yeah. I do love the idea of saying, and now we release this, and now we release that. I just I I kind of feel like it's almost like a takes the it's a, becomes a journey now of of this as right. opposed to like one release day. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know where I, I, think, I sit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, and I think particularly the way also like the press cycle works. Which tends to, you know, I don't know, not really have much of a lifespan. It, it it's um, it just puts the onus on again the label to kind of breathe life into it um, because typically, right, a, a some sort of press outlet is usually not covering no. stuff that's no. you know not right fresh and oh, new yeah, right away. Sure. So um, yeah. What are your individual roles? I mean, I see both your names on on, on the website. Do you guys have individual gifts uh, at the label? Individual roles, silos that 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 you either enjoy doing or that is your responsibility? Yeah, um, I think there are. You know, inevitably, there's things that um, right get kind of. Um, compartmentalized and, 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 um, separated. I think, um, you know, um, I, I definitely end up dealing, um, with a lot of the manufacturing stuff, production distribution, um, just from kind of having a history of working in that world and having some, um, you know, understanding of, of, you know, you know, uh, when test pressing issues come up, for instance, you know, knowing that that's part of the game and, you know, that it's, um, that, uh, you know, it's something to be worked through. Um, Jimena definitely gets involved a lot with the artwork. Yeah. I tend to, uh, leaning more towards the artwork mm. and like the layout, the concept, color theory and all of those things. Yeah. And, and Jimena has a, a background in uh, different packaging design and, and craft oh, and, cool. So, um, so when, you know, uh, if we're kind of conceptualizing some sort of idea and I'm scratching my head about like, well, how do we make that happen? Or how does this get produced? And is like bringing out the, the, the cardboard, the scissors, the paint and, and, uh, and kind of like workshopping it. And, okay. Um, Let me ask you, Yumena, about the, the OB strips, because, I you have I see at least two records where there's this transparent mm-hmm. um, seal uh, that and I love these things. I, I haven't gotten a record in a long time, um, and I have never done one myself. I, I definitely yeah. am going to do one. As I'm looking at your website, I've decided I'm going to do one the next time I do a record. <laughs> um, yeah. And they I especially so love yours because they're translucent. Um, yes. Can you talk to me about that process and and did the plant do that for you? The plan, yeah, they did that for us. Um, Yeah, the OB thing is something that we very much like you have been always 
been attracted to and we've seen in a specific releases. Uh, we love that it is see-through kind of like transparent vellum. Oh, so and cool. it gives it like such a nice, you know, finish uh, detail. It's kind of like a, like a, makes it like a present, like a ribbon. Yeah, and right. So, yeah. And so with that, we also kind of like are trying to kind of like, um, kind of like to be like a little bit of a seal of what lobby art is, kind of like having the logo there always and a specific type of layout and design. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of the parts that we that we get really excited about, like adding the obi. I think it makes the whole thing very special. Okay, let me ask you two questions. Number one, um, okay, so I, I'm just looking at here. Um, you have the the lobby art logo. It looks like you have a description of the album. Is that right? Like a paragraph? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's kind of like in lieu of a hype sticker or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of put it there. Yeah. And then the 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 artist name and the title, and then the reverse side of it. I'm trying to look on the website. Is it track listing and like basically credits? Yeah. Yeah. Track okay. listing credits. Um, and then at the bottom we. Uh, we on the like where the flip side of the logo is is um, making note about our kind of donation to your policy, you know, pol not policy because that seems like a <laughs> word, weird weird word to apply yeah. to it, but um, yeah, yeah. practice. Um, this is a, a lovely package. But so, it, uh, two questions. One, um, does the music fan generally keep these on? Like, is underneath is it is it cellophane uh, like like polywrap or? Uh, like what is it? Because some fans, some fans will just tear it off, throw it in the garbage. But I would, mm. I would keep it on, right? Yeah. the The intention is for it very much to not be a throwaway. Mm -hmm. It's it, it's yeah. um it's actually it's under so it comes you know affixed to the jacket itself. Um, oh, and then the, okay. And then the, oh, okay. And then and then the the poly bag whatever goes over. Goes it. over. It. Oh, okay. Um, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So it's it's very much meant. To, so you can take it off. It's a snug fit. But it's it's definitely meant to be a um, a, a component of it's very intentional, the, yeah. And, and that's yeah. why the 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 writing on the the writing on there is less so like a um like a traditional maybe marketing sticker where it's like you know s including some sort of press quote and actually it's like more of just a it's like part of the narrative that we're um, kind of attaching to the. You know, yeah. kind of a little bit sure. of a, like a sure. couple sentences that hopefully it's a little more sophisticated than like yeah, it could be one word, but hopefully I capture someone's eye and explains a little bit about what's inside. Subconsciously, it's telling people do not throw this away. Do not, yeah. Yeah. please don't There's throw it away. A lot of information <laughs> costs about as much as the jacket. It's, okay, the so that's still, my so. second question: is <laughs> how much does it cost? Uh, it like is it a dollar more? Is it two dollars more? Yeah, I mean, so obviously the 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 vellum stock is you know um, uh, you know a more untraditional paper stock, um, so it costs a little more. It comes out, um, yeah, I think it was, I think it was essentially equal to the record cost of the record. Wow. Um, so I don't know what it you know compared to a marketing sticker, it's probably about a dollar more. Yeah. Uh, okay. Unit, okay. Unit. So, yeah. so if you were, um, uh, okay. So, let let's say, let's just say for for easy math that the the records were ten dollars a unit uh, mm -hmm. at, at cost. Um, mm -hmm. Would it would it be 
b- before the the OB strip? Would it be a dollar, two dollars, three dollars to add an OB strip? Like what percentage? Yeah, it'd be, um, so it'd be well. Let's see. I'm I'm trying to think about it um, in terms of the cost per unit for this one. Um, it was it was like a dollar fifty. Okay, that's not know. that's not bad. That's worth it. That's worth it. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and yeah. for us, I, I think you know, in a dream world, we could have the you know the finances to do like you know a, a gateful tip on jacket with all the <laughs> bells and whistles, but that stuff you know ends up being four bucks a unit or something. So this is like a, a hopefully a way to have a special packaging printed quality to it that but doesn't break our bank either. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. And I guess so. Is that did you say that the translucent paper is uh, like a little bit more expensive than if it was just normal paper. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, but now is black and white giving you a discount or does that not matter? Um, it probably costs a little bit more for a full color okay. printing on that. Um, but I, I, I don't think it'd be much. Um, your, the stock is, I think the primary cost there. What I love about this too. And, and I know that my listeners are, they're still with us because we're getting really granular here on OB strips, but that's what this show is about. <laughs> where else? Where else would you talk about OB yeah, strips? Yeah. Um, but I, I, what I love about it, you know, especially the way I'm seeing you use it, um, and, and on the old saw record, is that it's part of the design. Like without it, there's no there's no artist name on the album cover, right? When you pull it off. So there it is. It's part of the design. I love that. And same with on the back. There's no track listing on the back. So it really right. opens you up artistically to do something very unique. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think for us, and, and this is something I, I feel like I took away from my experience with uh, Home Tapes, the label I worked with, is a lot of their stuff had, um, it was very minimal in terms of text, um, and it really honed in on you know the album cover as you know being a piece of artwork, right? That's um, um, and then the text, the the artist name or something may appear on a sticker or some other yeah. component. Love that. Um, but um, right, this allows us to kind of use the OB as a canvas for text, and then the album jacket as a canvas for image, essentially. Uh, um, yeah. And then they can be in conjunction; they can be seen together or separate. Uh, yeah, this is so great. Uh, so let me ask you, um, what's next for the label? If everything was in your control, what would you like to be doing with the label in, in the next year, uh, five years, ten years? Wow, that's really <laughs> good. <laughs> we're always, you know, it's kind of, um, we're figure, always figuring it out, always I guess. Always figuring it out. I mean, we're definitely, definitely excited to continue. I think one of the things that we've talked about a little bit is kind of like, how to perhaps enhance the experience of the album we've talked about, perhaps including like a piece of sculpture or perhaps a scent that can accentuate the experience of listening. Um, So yeah, we've had conversations around that. Nothing terribly solid, but ideas are, are flowing. And I think that's something that we would be very excited to experiment, just having this additional... Um, aspect to it. And yeah, I feel like we both are very um, curious about materials and art and different different ways of expression. And I, and I think I can definitely see us do that, do that 
anytime soon. <laughs> it seems like there's such an appetite for that in the digital world for the, all of these um, physical experiences of music and maybe even more so now with, with less live music happening. But mm. I know yeah. that I know. like when I get a record in the door and it comes with an OB strip and it comes with a color vinyl and, and, and stickers and, and something like a, a lithograph or a, a booklet, I just, I'm eating it all up. I, I just, the more the better. Right, is that that little extra that kind of like warms your heart mm-hmm. a bit more? Yes. So. yes. Also, this is crazy that you only charged eighteen dollars for that record. No wonder you <laughs> sold out. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think that's also something you know that is what you know we're thinking through um, because it's. I mean, vinyl, like the, you know, it's it can be really cost prohibitive and. You know, if it, if I had my way, um, so another label that we've taken a lot of influence and inspiration from is uh, Mississippi Records, who mm-hmm. we, we used to live down the street from in Portland, okay. and they sell their you know their motto is um, love over love over gold. Mm-hmm. Um, that they kind of have as a shop as well, and um, so they sell their records. They'll do a gold foil tip on and sell the record for twelve dollars. Wow. You know, which. You know, clear. They probably clear like two dollars on that record. But um, you know, I think, I think for both us and the artists that we work with, like it's about finding that line. So it's you know where it feels like friends and family and this the stranger you know who'd be interested in it. Um, yeah, would feel like they're getting something that's not gonna you know real. They're not gonna have to pay thirty dollars for it. Um, but it's going to be enough where the artist, um, and label can kind of, you know, make, you know, make what they need to make to kind of continue through with their, their, well, it's, and that, you know, the pricing of a record is, uh, you know, on one hand, I, I think that fans need to understand how much, how expensive the record is and, and, and special variants and, and OB strips, how, how that all adds up. Shipping is a nightmare and. And then that's not <laughs> to say, you know, that's nothing to, uh, doesn't even include the, the mixing and mastering and then paying the artist mm-hmm. as a, for a career. So I, on one hand, I totally agree that, um, I, I, sorry, on one hand, I totally feel like fans need to pony up 50 bucks mm-hmm. for this piece mm-hmm. of art that they're going to keep mm-hmm. for the rest of their life, um, right. hopefully. <laughs> but at the same time, it's so great when you keep them in mind and, and yeah. do something that opens them up to be a little bit more spontaneous with buying a record when it's 16 bucks or 18 bucks. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's something that, um, you know, as we kind of continue to ideate about, you know, future releases and, and different, um, you know, presentations, um, you know, as Jimena mentioned, um, incorporating different handmade elements that, yeah, may, that, that would, um, cause I think we're also at, you know, Clearly, advocates for you know compensating artists and and really you know acknowledging the the labor that goes into um, every facet of it. So if we can um, you know kind of provide something that feels like we really put our you know blood, sweat, and tears into in a certain way, and you know have that be reflected in, in the cost, but also have it be at an entry point where it's like not going to turn people away. Mm-hmm. Um, again, everything's like trying to find a sweet spot and <laughs> right, right. It's, right. And, and we don't, you know, I think 
I don't know if there's, you know, I think hopefully with each release, we're actually like kind of reconceptualizing what that is, mm-hmm. um, right. given what whatever the release ends up being. I This kind of the topic of pricing um, brings me to my final question. And uh, it reminds me of uh, the very first interview I did, the very first episode on this podcast was with a label in Chicago called Trouble in Mind Records. And they they actually uh, have all, always priced their records very cheap um, and uh, in record stores, which, which they've done intentionally and I, I think is great. But the question is, uh, w- what was interesting about that label is it was a, a husband and wife, uh, Bill and Lisa, who, who run that label. And they had this thing that was so fascinating to me where they uh, would only sign a band to the label if they both loved that record and they they both had to hundred percent buy into that record. Uh, and I'm wondering, do you have that same kind of, uh, arrangement that we can only release something if you both are equally excited about it? Is that true for you guys? That is true. Correct. Yeah, that, absolutely. That's, yeah. That, that's how we work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah we great. both have to be very, very excited about it. And yeah. yeah. I mean, the amount of times we listen to a record, <laughs> like the amount of times we've listened to the old Saw record when you're we working on it, or the amount of times we listen to the Ben Varian record, it's like Oopsie. it's like every day that stuff's you know being played in the house, and right. so that's great. we better both like it, you know. Yeah. If it's yeah. uh, something we're gonna be working on together. So yeah, um, yeah that's, that's not yeah. you know. So there's definitely it's definitely a you know a process in terms of you know listening to stuff and being like, hey, does this how do how are we feeling about this? But yeah. um, we both kind of have to agree on it. Yeah, and we usually do. Like yeah. there hasn't been a, a time in which we've really wanted to put out something and I was like, oh no, like we mm. we are for the most part agreeing mm-hmm. on what comes out. Yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, and I mean, that's good because then if something doesn't work, then that other person would be like, I told you so, <laughs> you're bad taste. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. It's, it's kind of a, <laughs> avoid, avoid that conflict by just making sure that it's uh, agreed upon from the get-go and uh, we, we share in the follies and share in the celebrations, you know. Yeah, the bad taste conversation never goes well. Well, <laughs> I, have a, I have a little bit more I, I, I'd like to dive in for our, our patrons if you have a few more minutes. Um, yeah, sure thing. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, yeah, you have a very you, cool label, and, and you have a very cool um, process, uh, and you've had some incredible success. I, I am envious, but I'm also wouldn't necessarily want to be in your position because the next record has a lot of pressure <laughs> to live up right. to. Right. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for the kind words, and yeah. and uh, hopefully whatever pressure there is will, I don't know. Not think of it so much <laughs> yeah, as pressure, yeah. but um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, it'll be yeah. a treat. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for listening, and thank you to our guests from Lobby Art for being on the show. To learn more about this incredibly special label, go to lobbyartrecords.com, and then you can link to their social media as well as to their Bandcamp to check out some of their releases. And I think they have something coming out very soon. So make sure you support them and check them out. Also, I have an extended interview with them that we recorded that is coming out ASAP. And so if you'd like to hear that and continue on with all of the fun, please consider becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash other record labels where you hear uh, this extended interview of this, plus all of our artists on label series and all of the cool things that is only accessible to our patrons.